Welcome to Live Prayer. I am Bill Keller. It's good to be with you on this Thursday evening. I pray you've had a wonderful day. Hopefully, if you didn't have to work, you got a little rest and relaxation in, ate some good leftovers. It's good to be with you tonight once again. If you're new to the program, you're watching Live Prayer. We come to you live in living color every Monday through Friday from 11 to midnight Eastern Standard Time. And wherever you're watching me tonight throughout this great land of ours, from sea to shining, sea and from border to border, thank you for tuning in. Friends in other far-off great lands, welcome to you as well. Once again, I'm Bill Keller, founder of LivePrayer.com, world's largest interactive Christian website. Reach a little over two and a half million folks each and every day via the internet. Please check us out online, web address coming up on your screen, LivePrayer.com, LivePrayer.com. Check it out. You will be blessed. Don't be shocked when you go there. No advertising, no books to buy, no trinkets to see if you want any trinkets, no conferences, no cruises, no tours, just 24-7 great ministry, all free and all to be a blessing to you. Literally thousands of hours of content on our website since we've been online since uh, August of 1999, going on 25 years now. Literally 25 years of great ministry content on our website. Easy to navigate, easy to get around. Again, no traps, no hidden doors, no paywalls, none of the nonsense. Don't play those games. Just great content to be a blessing to you. Check it out, liveprayer.com. All right, so our last program of 2023. Unbelievable, but here we are. Um, yeah, man. It's been a, been a rough year, right? You know, I got to be honest with you, this is one of those, I mean, we, we always have challenging years because we deal with the real issues of the day on this program every night, but boy, we've had some some times throughout this year where, man, it just felt like we we're walking through each day with a piano, you know, strapped to our back. It's been a tough year, but I got to tell you something, next year is going to be no picnic. This was, this was a good this is like spring training in baseball, okay? The real the real pitches start rolling coming Tuesday night. But uh, we're here tonight. Uh, I will spend the last part of the program with a special New Year's resolution and message for you for 2024. So you don't want to go anywhere. We do have a bunch of news to get to first, though. And uh, then we're off tomorrow, of course. Uh, we will be off on New Year's Day on Monday. And then we fired up Tuesday morning bright and early, and we will be ready to rip and roar Tuesday and uh, focused, ready to go. I think God's done a good job preparing us this year. Again, for people that watch the program on a regular basis, you know, we've covered a lot of bases. We've, you know, put a lot of uh, the big issues in perspective. So we're ready to face 2024. We're not going to be shocked. We're not going to be bewildered. We're not going to be walking around. What happened? What happened? Like most people will be, right? We've, you know, we've pretty much set the stage and we know what we're dealing with. So uh, we're prepared. 
And uh, that's all you can ever ask. Be prepared. And then after that, you know, the great revival preacher back in the 1800s, Charles Finney, he had a great saying. He said, I go and I go and I go and I go like it all depends upon me. And then when I've done everything I can do, I pray and I pray and I pray because it all depends upon God. And I think that's what we've done a good job this year. We have, we've done a lot of hard work this, this year. Again, we put a lot of the big issues in play. Uh, we've you know, broken them down. We understand what's going on. We know. Now, we don't know exactly how everything's going to shake out, but we're not going to be shocked by what happens next year, right? We're going to be prepared for anything. And we're not going to be fooled. We're not going to get distracted by noise. You know, in the Navy, there's a saying, you know, signal, not the noise. And it's a radar expression. You know, we're, we're not going to be distracted by noise. We're going to stay focused on the signal. So we got, uh, I think we're ready to go. And I'm looking forward to, uh, to uh, this program tonight to end the year. Four things I ask you to do for me each night on the program. First, pray for me and the program. Thank you for doing that. Second of all, of course, is to share the daily devotional. I just referred to you about our website. Encourage people to sign up for the devotional. I've written it every morning since we began live prayer. Again, going on 25 years now. All they have to do is go to our homepage, upper right-hand corner, click on the sign-up link. Uh, a couple pieces of basic information. They'll start getting it in their email, and it will be a blessing to them. Again, like everything at live prayer, no cost, all free. Third, of course, is this TV program. This is something you're really going to encourage people to pay attention to next year. Because even if they haven't been watching this year, they, they aren't going to be as prepared as you. Each night, as you know, we will take the events of the day here and around the world, not only break them down and put them in perspective and understand what's going on, but put everything in the context of a biblical worldview. So we've got that coming up, uh, uh, the, the TV program next year. Encourage people to watch. Last of all, as we are winding down the last hours of 2023, if God has blessed you through this program this year, uh, please pray about making a year-end donation. It's, uh, again, we don't do advertising. We don't sell things. We're not a marketing company. We're not a tour company. We're a ministry. And for 30 years now, I have literally got on my knees the first of each month, asked God, here, I lay my hand on our budget for the month. I say, God, this is our budget. Meet it. Don't need a penny more. Just cover this. Well, next month will take care of itself. And then we walk in faith and we go out and do the work. And it's friends like you who pray, friends like you who make that sacrifice. That's why we've been here all these years. And another reason we've been here all these years, people know this is good soil. They see what we do. Uh, we don't play games. You know, I don't bring on a bunch of high celebrity guests. I mean, we're, we're, I mean, this is, the, this is the work of the saints on this program. This is the work that, Sadly, most churches don't do. Equipping the saints. When you read the Bible, part of the work of the church and something that they have, most have failed miserably, is equipping the saints to prepare them for what's going on. You know, um, if you're a football fan, for instance, most people know I'm a big Ohio State fan. I grew up in Columbus, went there in the 70s. They played uh, the Cotton Bowl tomorrow night with the Missouri they didn't just fly to Dallas today and 
They're going to put on the uniform tomorrow and go out and play. I mean, they've literally been practicing for a month preparing for this game. It's the same thing for the Christian soldier. You know, that's why we have to pray every day and read the word every day and pay attention to what's going on every day. So we're prepared. So when the battles come, we're ready to go. Amen. All right, let's have a word of prayer. Father, thank you for tonight. Thank you for this wonderful year that you bless us with. Lord, as we look back, we're thankful for each program throughout this year. I'm thankful for each viewer. I'm thankful for the opportunity we've had to, to, to deal with the issues facing our country, our world, us as human beings, all the various issues. And Lord, I thank you for helping us to be prepared for this coming year of 2024. Thank you for my friends who have joined me tonight. I lift them up. I pray for them and their families. I pray, God, your blessings be upon them in this coming year, a year of health, uh, favor, peace, and your richest blessings. Thank you, Lord, for this day we've enjoyed today, the blessings of this day. We never want to take one day for granted because our Bible tells us, the, Bi the Bible says, tomorrow is promised to none of us. Each day is a gift. Thank you for this gift of today. And now, Lord, we commit this hour to you. Open our hearts, open our minds. Speak to us, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Praise God. I do not say this offhanded. I don't say this lightly. This is not hyperbole. I believe this coming year of 2024 is the most critical year in the history of this nation since the Civil War in the 1800s. There's no, there's no doubt about that. This is a pivotal year. This is a transitional year. This year is going to, I'll get to this at the end of the program when I talk about 2024, but this is the year that's going to determine whether we maintain the blessings of God or whether God gives us up to our enemies for generations to come. That is not, I don't say that lightly. And I'm not one who sits there and, tries to get people all excited and jacked up. I, I don't need to do that. There's enough going on in your life as it is, in the world as it is. I don't need to play those games. But that's how important this coming year is. All right, let's get to some, uh, let's get to some business here before we get to uh, the uh, New, Year's message, New Year's message as we close the program. Joe Biden has another 10 to 12,000 illegals streamed into our country today. Joe Biden's who just came off a five-day Christmas vacation, is now down in the um, Caribbean at a billionaire donor's uh, compound, having another five-day vacation. And i got to be honest with you, with all the problems we've got in our country today, with everything that's happening in the Middle East, in, uh, in, 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 at the border, with the economy... Joe Biden should be at the White House with his team working. But see, Joe Biden doesn't run the country. He spent more than 50% of his presidency on vacation. And I'm not begrudging these guys, you know, taking time off. Reagan took some time off, went to his ranch. So did, uh, so did Bush. Do you know Bush? I, you know, got a lot of disagreements with, with the Bush family for a lot of reasons. But I will say, I will say one thing. He, uh, he did a very righteous thing 
as president. During Christmas, rather than going on vacation or going to his ranch down in Texas, he stayed in the White House. Do you know why? That way his Secret Service detail could be at home with their families. I mean, that's a very considerate, that's very considerate, very considerate. Uh, I've always, uh, I've, I've always admired that, uh, that act by Bush. I really did. Joe, he's down in the Caribbean, basically giving the country his middle finger. That's exactly what he's doing. Now, I saw a very interesting uh, article today that the people care about prices, jobs, and mortgage rates. And you know what? As a whole, that's, that's a very accurate statement. The White House is in the toilet in terms of their uh, poll numbers and all of that, their approval numbers, because their lives aren't working. Before he... Uh, left on his uh, second vacation in uh, two weeks, Biden yelled at the press that they have to do a better job of, of, of telling people about his good economy. It's not a good economy. He can say that until he's blue in the face. You know, Karine Jean-Pierre can sit there and lie, you know, until she's blue in the face. And she tells enough lies, she might become blue in the face one day from all those lies. But the fact is, the people know what's going on. They go to the grocery store every week. They go put gas in their car once or twice a week. They're dealing with rents, mortgages, people needing a home. Can't afford it because of the, because of the high uh, mortgage rates now. You can't lie to the people about these things. He can lie to the people and get away with it about Maybe things going on over in Afghanistan or in the Middle East or in Ukraine, okay? Because really, to be all honest with you, and to be honest with you, he can lie to a lot of people about the border because there is a percentage of the country that hasn't been affected by it. Although at some point, based on this nightmare of what they've done these last three years, they're... The day is coming that everybody's going to be affected by this. There will be no state, no individual that in some way isn't going to be affected by what they've done. But at this point, there is a percentage of the country that hasn't been directly affected. So he can lie about these things. Can't lie about the economy. What if I always told you the three things? Every per, 8 billion people on the planet, every person every day needs three things. Every country every day needs three things, right? Need cash, need food, and you need energy. Okay. Can't lie to people about those things. And Joe's finding that out. Now let me talk to you about Chicago. Because this is interesting. The Chicago City Council, you got Mayor... Uh, 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 Johnson crying his eyes out, whining like a little girl about the illegals and how much it's cost and all that, right? The Chicago City Council blocked a vote that would allow citizens to vote on whether they should keep their sanctuary city status. In other words, the people want to vote on keeping 
sanctuary city status. Don't forget, New York, Chicago, a lot of these places, they're sanctuary cities. The ones that are crying the loudest, screaming the loudest about the illegals. When the fact is they've got a fraction of what they've got in Texas and New Mexico and Arizona and some other places, right? They're all, they're all, you know, very progressive. You know, we're a sanctuary city. Well, the people of Chicago want to vote about that. City council won't let them. You know why? Because they know the people are going to say, the heck with this sanctuary city stuff. And then you've got this, uh, you've got, I had read some reports saying that you got all these illegals, a lot of them are coming over with these anchor babies. I mean, they're literally walking across the border just to have the child, so that child's a U.S. citizen. Now, I can assure you that Trump's back in next November, that's going to end. No country does that. You, you, you can't fly to Japan, have a child in Japan, and have that child become a Japanese citizen. Nobody does that. And the fact is, there's a real problem in this country because the, the illegals are using more welfare than American citizens are. The illegals are draining, you know, the welfare system in this country. Don't forget, I told you what it was a couple months ago, maybe a month ago. It's going to cost this country, by the time Biden leaves office, at least a half a trillion dollars that isn't budgeted. This is just a half a trillion dollars that's being spent on this immigration scale. And you see how stupid this country is? It's costing us a half a trillion dollars. Yet, it is that, that half a trillion that we're spending is facilitating the cartels, the NGOs, uh, all these people involved in the immigration world, they're making billions. Billions. We're spending a half a trillion to have an infrastructure for these criminal enterprises and these NGOs, which, to be blunt with you, they're criminal enterprises too. Sorry, Catholic charities. Sorry, Lutheran charities. They're making billions. And again, the Chicago Mayor, Mayor Johnson, he was crying on TV the other day. He says, our local economy is not designed for such a crisis. Really? Neither is the, neither is the federal economy, Mayor. And then... Uh, and then you got Blinken and Mayorkas in Mexico. Wait till I tell you what that meeting with Am, uh, AMLO, the president of Mexico, really boiled down to. Number one, there are no plans, and this shouldn't come as a shock. There are no plans to shut down the border. Okay, that wasn't even discussed. Okay, there's no plans to slow the flow down. That wasn't discussed. You know what's discussed? amnesty for all the illegals that are here currently. I'm dead serious. And I will tell you right now, as 2024 dawns and Congress comes back to work, whenever that is, sometime in no, early November or January, 
they are going to start pushing for amnesty as as, as 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 the way to deal with the 12, 10 to 12 illegal, million illegals in this country. And basically, give them citizenship. I'm not kidding. These people have no soul. They have no conscience. They have no shame. And you know, and and let me tell you something. And I'm going to get on a rant here about something that just has burned me to no end for decades. And for the 30 years that I've been in the ministry, I see the same thing. Uh, I see the same analogy in the church. And I've told you this a million times. You're going to hear it for a million one right now. Satan's minions never slumber, never sleep. They're tireless. They never quit. They never say no. They never say uh, uncle. They drive, they drive, they drive, they drive. They never stop. Christians, you know, we take naps. We go on vacations. We, you know, you know, put in a few hours. And... But it's the same way in politics. The Democrats, they play hardball. Look, they're down there. And people actually thought they were down there to work some kind of deal to kind of slow the flow of that. No, they're not talking about slowing the flow of that. They're actually sitting down there talking about how to give all these illegals citizenship. And if the Republicans are serious, they need to play hardball. Talk. Let me tell you how they play hardball in this immigration thing. Okay, Now, they were smart in holding up the $60 billion, you know, of grift money to Ukraine until the Democrats cut a deal on the border. Well, the Democrats weren't ever going to cut a deal on the border, not the deal that needed to be cut, which is basically put the Trump policies back in place, then we'll talk about uh, money for uh, Ukraine. Democrats aren't going to do that. They're not. And any kind of deal they try to make isn't going to be close to what has to be done. And even then, they'll probably renege on it. Don't forget Ronald Reagan, early in his presidency, he was dealing with the same issue. Democrats said, give amnesty to these 4 million people and we'll work on this immigration plan with you. And Reagan said, sure, let's do that. That sounds good. That sounds good, boys. So he gave them amnesty and guess what the Democrats did? Nah, 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 nah. Nothing. And Reagan said, I'll never make that mistake again. So any deal they cut with the Democrats, these, these lying Conscienceless uh, people will never honor whatever deal. So forget it. You, what, what the Republicans need to do if they really want to deal with the border? Because let me tell you something. You know, I hear people say, "Well, why don't these states do?" The states can't because at the end of the day, the federal government trumps states' rights on the immigration issue. That's why some of these things uh, Abbott's tried in Texas, like putting the bar bar up into federal judge said, "Take it down. You can't do that." The federal government has has control over the immigration. So, I mean, as, as sad as it sounds, we're really helpless on this, except for one thing. Now, this is going to take, you know, uh, a spine of steel, but th if the Republicans are serious, here's how they put it into this immigration nonsense pretty quickly. As they come back from uh, their uh, holiday break here in January, they've got a couple deadlines to, to fund the government. You know what they do? 
uh, until you put back the Trump immigration policies, we're not funding anything. Democrats, well, the government will shut down. Shut it down. Shut it down. Now, they're going to take some political heat and they're going to cry. Oh, the voters are not going to like us if we shut the government down. Let me tell you something. In my lifetime, the government's been shut down probably six or seven times. It's always that. You know what? You couldn't even tell the difference, number one. And they're going to lie, well, Social Security checks won't go out, the military won't get paid, and little children will be dying. That's garbage. All the Medicare and so those things always get paid even if the government shut down. Military gets paid even if the government shuts down. You know what doesn't get paid? Government workers, for the most part, other than, you know, the key essential people, but most government workers don't get paid. You know who wouldn't get paid? Jack Smith. Ha-ha! How about that? You know, else, you know who else wouldn't get paid? Uh, the immigration department. How about that? And they got to hold their ground. They, the Republicans, even when they do take a stand, they always cave. They always give in. Even Schumer. Oh, they're, they're going to hold you responsible. You're going to lose on a landslide because, again, I've watched these government shuts down six or seven times in my lifetime. That's never happened. And at the end of the day, the Republicans, in, in the cases where they were the ones pretty much making this happen, came out for the better. If they want to deal with this immigration policy, because this, this, this is the only lever of power they have. The Senate is never going to approve the type of immigration package that has to be approved to do something that makes a difference. In other words, put back the Trump policy. They're never going to do it. Never going to do it. So the only lever they've got, shut the government down. You want, you, you want the government funded? Put these policies back in place. Put them in effect. Matter of fact, we're going to watch them in effect for 30 days before we do anything. Because we don't trust you liars. Put it on them. And I gotta tell you something. If they're shutting the government down because of the border, I believe that will accrue to their benefit with the voters. Because there's enough people now aware of what's going on that border. They don't like this. They do not like this. Nor should they. And if they and if they get their talking points together, if they're not all talking over each other, but they stay on one message, you know, like the Democrats do all the time. This will be a winner for them. As I sit here tonight, and I have to be totally honest with you, like I always am, if I had, I, I, I would not even bet a Chicago hot dog bun that they will do this. They don't have the guts. They don't. On a scale of 1 to 100, 100 being they'll do it, 1 being they won't do it, I'm just being blunt with you. I'd say three. I hate to say that, but it's true. Three. And that might be a little too generous. They could do it. They've got the ability to I mean, they've got the ability to do it. Do they have the guts to do it? And then you've got, you know, you know the old saying, a broke clock is right twice a day. 
Right? You familiar with that saying? Back to the state of Illinois. The Illinois State Conference president for the NAACP. Now, the NAACP is a pre-radical organization. Started out early in the early days, back in the 60s after the civil rights, you know, as a fairly legitimate civil rights organization. It's nothing but a political uh, uh, cudgel these days. Okay? It has been for decades now. Okay? It's an arm of the Democratic Party. They push Democratic politics. It's not about civil rights. It's about Democratic politics. Okay? However, the president of the Illinois State NAACP Conference is a woman. She was suspended today. You know why she was suspended? She went on a rant at one of their meetings about the illegals in Illinois, and she called them rapists, burglars, and savages. And they suspended her. She's probably getting fired. But God bless her. She told the truth. You see what I'm saying? When you got a, 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 a big-time NAACP person that's willing to go after the illegals to the point she's going to lose her job, a big job too, that tells you how much this is affecting people's lives. That's what I'm telling you. People are not you know, blind to what's going on. And they want a change. They don't like this. I believe this is going to be one of the issues that if God allows Trump to become president, it's going to propel him back to the White House. And and it's going to happen because he's going to have a lot of black, Hispanic, and Democratic votes on this issue alone. Again, I would love to see the Republicans for once, once in my life, just one time, God, give them a spine. But again, don't. Don't expect it, because it's not happening. Well, I I won't say it. It most likely won't happen. Uh, The Florida Surgeon General, Dr. Joseph Ladapo, good guy, good guy. He was out against the uh, whole uh, COVID tyranny early on, questioning the vaccines early on when nobody else was. Good guy. He said, when the truth comes out about the COVID vaccines, there will probably be no more Pfizer. Now, for people who've been watching the program for a while, it was a little over two years ago that I sat here on this program and I told you at some point there would be lawsuits, global lawsuits, that will make the uh, tobacco lawsuits from years ago, if you remember that, look like child's play. Johnson & Johnson... Pfizer, Moderna, they will be sued into kingdom come. And that's coming. That's not a matter of if, it's only a matter of when. You know, Surgeon General, Florida Surgeon General Ladapo is exactly right. There's coming a day where all these, those three big pharma companies with the vaccines, they're going to be out of business. And I also have told you along the way as we've walked through this as we've literally walked through the entire COVID experience together early on when it first hit back in January of 2020. Can you believe it's been four It's almost been four years now. But I told you as this thing was progressing, 
many times that we aren't really going to know the full extent of this, especially when it comes to the vaccines for years, because you just don't know what the effect's going to be five years, six years, 10 years down the road, if any. We don't, but, but you don't know. And we still won't know. But I'll tell you what we are learning. The vaccine is responsible for a, a, a pretty good percentage of people that are coming down with what they call long COVID. Now, what's long COVID? It's basically the signs and the symptoms and the, and the conditions of COVID that last for weeks, in many cases for months, and we are now looking at cases for years. And they're saying now some people may have this for the rest of their life. They'll, they're never going to recover. So We are praying for a bunch of people right now in the live prayer family that are dealing with long COVID. And uh, like I said, they're dealing with all the effects. Uh you are going to see as the new year dawns a massive, I'm giving you a little warning here, giving you a little pre-warning so you're prepared. You are going to see a massive attack on homeschooling. Massive. Let me tell you why. As we came out of the whole COVID tyranny with the, with the lockdown schools and all of that, right? As all that played out, we had a lot of kids, a lot of parents, especially as they began to see what these kids were being brainwashed with from, you know, preschool K through 12, right? A lot of parents said, that's it. And the parents that were able, you know, start homeschooling. There was a massive spike in homeschooling and about a 20 to 30% drop in attendance in public schools after the schools opened up after COVID. And that, of course, is biting into the public school systems, which are which are controlled and run by the teachers union. You know, that nasty, evil uh, woman who chooses to engage in sex with other women, that nasty little Fred Flintstone looking woman, you know, Randy Weingarten, her. She is beside herself because, again, the public schools have seen about a, anywhere from a 20 to 30% drop around the country in attendance. And, you know, that means less teachers. That, you know, I mean, it, it, it's an economic thing. And remember what that nasty woman did. She sat there and forced those schools locked down, yet at the same time negotiated billion-dollar contracts so the teachers were getting paid even though they weren't going to school and teaching. No wonder they want them shut down. Hey, they're getting their money without even doing the work. Well, she's livid because they're now seeing a, a, a financial crunch because of this lack, this this you know uh, drop in attendance. And of course, these kids didn't just fall off the face of the earth. They were transferred out of the public schools into homeschooling. And there is now a consorted effort that is being put together by the very powerful teachers union. You know, it used to be when I was growing up, the AFL-CIO, and, you know, you had some really powerful labor unions, United Auto Workers. 
Right now in this country, most of the, the union movement exists as a shell of itself, has very little influence compared to what it used to have. The only union that still has a pretty good chunk of power is the teachers' union. And they're afraid of losing that power, and they are now going on the offensive to attack the homeschool system. Now, for those who watch the program, I've told you over the years, I, um, I, you know, 30 years ago when I started the ministry, I was not a fan of homeschooling because I was a product of public school and stuff, but it's not the same as when I was going to school in the 60s, right? Uh, you know, in the early 70s, no, different world. And I, I really came around and I know a lot of parents have made a lot of sacrifice. Now I understand everyone can't do it. I understand that. A lot of parents have made some real sacrifice. Sold a second car, didn't take vacations so they could homeschool their kids. Um, but uh, the good thing is the homeschool uh, infrastructure has, has, has grown over the last really 20 years now into a pretty healthy or, you know, operation around the country. You know, it's not just, you know, little pockets here and there. It's a it's a pretty organized situation. So I'm confident that they're organized enough that they're going to be able to withstand this attack. But it's coming. It's going there. It's going to be the media, you know, rip. And and you know what you're going to hear. Let me tell you what you get. I'll tell you before you hear it. You know, it's those MAGA people, those MAGA extremists won't put their kids in school because they want to teach them about Jesus and. Teach them about, you know, they want to lie to them about American history. And, and they don't want to tell them the truth about slavery. And they don't want them to learn about critical race theory. And, and you know, they want to you know, keep them in the dark about sexuality. That's what you're going to, I'm telling you, this is what you're going to hear. You know, they're going to, especially with a, uh, an election year, they're going to try to use the whole homeschool, you know, as, as, as a battering ram against the, you know, the America First movement, the, the MAGA parents taking their kids out of school, homeschooling, so they don't know anything. That's what you're going to hear. Every day we're getting reports of more dead hostages in Gaza. Had a couple more today. Remember when they, when they stopped the ceasefire for hostage exchange? Remember that? I told you when that was over. I had a real bad feeling because most of the remaining hostages, 140 or whatever it was at the time, almost all of them were men, okay? And over the last month or so, we're now starting to hear the stories of some of the hostages they did let go. Mostly were women, right, and children. Horrible, just horrible. And I, again, I told you, you know, Whenever that hostage for ceasefire thing ended, I told you I have a very bad feeling that there's going to be no more hostages because they're all dead. Especially the fact they were all men. You know, I mean, you know, they can rape the women and control them that way, and they can, you know, basically give the kids, you know, lock the kids in a in a tunnel and, you know, just throw a piece of cheese at them once or twice a day or something like that. You know what I'm saying? But men, you know, especially if they're thinking they're going to die, you know, they're going to get resourceful and they're, you know, they're strong and some of them and even they're, you know, been weakened, they're, you know, 
Pray for these families because you still have these families out there who haven't heard about their loved ones who are hostages. They're out there, and of course, they're hopeful. And just, um, just pray for them. Yet, Idaho, a federal judge, blocks the state law that was to go in effect January 1st that was going to ban gender surgeries for minors. In other words, they were going to ban mutilating children. Federal judge blocked it. And that's happened in Tennessee. That's happened in Georgia. That's happened in a bunch of states where they, the legislature put together a law that, hey, you want to do that? Fine. Once you're a legal adult, 18, whatever, if you want to mutilate yourself, that's fine. No children. You got these federal judges that are blocking these laws. I believe, I believe this is another issue that's going to end up at the Supreme Court. Because it's, it, it, it's an issue that needs clarification. But what kind of monsters are fighting these laws? I, I, hate, I hate to be so, uh, so blunt, but I'll tell you what type of monsters. Money monsters. I, you know, as I've read more and more about that whole world of the... Of the, 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 the the medical part, the whole trans world, is big money. Because don't forget, once they start on the drugs, the puberty blockers, all that stuff, there's all other kind of drugs, most of those drugs are taken for the rest of their life. You know, it's like a diabetic. You know, if you're if you're you know a diabetic, you're gonna be taking insulin the rest of your life. You're a lifetime customer. Well, all these mentally ill people that they've confused about their gender. Those are lifetime customers. And then when you get into the surgeries and stuff, that's big money. I wish it was more, I wish there was more, I wish it was more evil. I wish it was more, you know, it, 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 but it's, it's Ackman's razor, my friend. It's the simplest, it's, it's just simply money. And you got these big moneyed interests that are trying to keep these states from introducing these laws that are uh, protecting children from being mutilated. Terrible. I have a feeling, again, again, here you go, that uh, God puts Trump back in. I think we're going to see uh, some federal action on this. I really do. Uh, the war in Ukraine. They are now coming down to a... Boy, again, for my friends who watch this program faithfully, who've been with me for a while... When this thing started two years ago this February, I told you as it was in the process of getting ready to happen, there was zero chance Ukraine was ever going to win, even though they lied to you and said they were going to win and they kept lying to people to, you know, keep the money rolling. And now between the European Union and the United States, they went from winning to, well, let's keep fighting. At least it'll be a stalemate. To now their goal is, well, let's just lose as little as possible. Okay, I told you how this is going to end. Russia's still got Crimea. That's not changing. And they're going to have the eastern Donbass region. The Russian-speaking uh, eastern part of Ukraine. That's how it's going to end. I told you that two years ago. 
That was never in doubt in my mind. This was a total CIA, State Department, Victoria Newland, there's that name, operation that they had a fever dream they were going to use this to get rid of Putin. World, world uh, opinion was going to go against Putin and the people were going to force him out. Yeah, okay. Putin's stronger today than he's ever been. And all those sanctions we put on Russia, <laughs> Russia has been thriving financially through this. They had a little hiccup in the beginning, but they've been thriving. And just for the record, we sent Ukraine the last 250 million that was in the pipeline. There's no more in the pipeline. Thank you, Jesus. I'm sure there's people in this country that could use that 250 million just for the record. Um, Trump cases. I told you when these things were all in the in the pipeline that as they were getting ready to happen, I told you that if they pulled the trigger on these cases, that they would backfire. Because don't forget, at the end of the day, if they indict him, he gets to defend himself. Let me give you a rundown. The federal indictment for the documents, that was all about getting, they were trying to get back the Russian documents that he's got squirreled away somewhere, that he's declassified, and they prove every person that was involved in that whole Russia collusion scam. Okay, And the fact is, as president, the Presidential Record Act allows him to have any documents. This was a garbage case to begin with. Thankfully, he's before a good federal judge in Florida, Judge Aileen Cannon. She's not going to get ramrodded by Jack Smith. As a matter of fact, she's put them in her place, his place. And if that case ever sees the light of day, which it may not, it may not. Trump's going to get a chance to expose all the activities between the White House and the Department of Justice and the Special Counselor's Office to raid Mar-a-Lago, okay, and then to bring this case. And there, I mean, it's not going to go well for the government, I'm telling you. And then you, of course, have got the federal case in D.C. on January 6th. Now, that's the one he's got before this nasty Judge Chutkin, who's a Trump hater from day one. She's been bending over backwards to give Jack Smith everything he wants. But her hands are tied now because you got a bunch of issues before the Supreme Court, and she can't, the case is on hold. You can't do anything until that happens, until the Supreme Court rules on some major issues. But if that case ever does get to trial, and if it does, it'll be after the election. Like I told you, when, before these things were even brought, if they do this, nothing's going to see the light of day till after the election. But if this case ever did see the light of day, Trump is going to put on the full defense of what January 6th was, and it's going to expose the government. See, the, here's the government's strategy. They just want something to go down with a conviction before the election so they can then say, Trump's a convicted felon. Now, the fact is, as we know, convictions aren't the end of the story because there's always an appeal. And I'll give you a great example. Jack Smith. Back in 2012, I think it was, 
Governor Bob McDonald of Virginia. They wanted to take him out. And Jack Smith became the hatchet man to go after him. And it was a stupid case about a, uh, a donor giving him gifts or something, illegal gifts or something like that. And he got a D.C. jury to convict him. And it caused Bob McDonald not to be able to run for president. Two years later, when the appeal finally ended up at the Supreme Court and went through, they reversed Jack Smith 9-0. to zero. I'm sorry, it's 8-0 to because Scalia was dead at that time. 8-0. to zero. Unanimous. But see, at that time, the damage was already done. McDonald was out of the race. That's what they're trying to do to Trump. Even if, even if they get the conviction, the conviction's overturned two years from now, they don't care because it may be the sauce they need to get enough voters scared off that he doesn't get elected. See what their strategy is? But these cases do go to trial. They're going to backfire big time. Georgia, you know, the go Governor Kemp, Gene Sterling, and Secretary of State Raffensperger, these are crooks. They were paid by Dominion, I guarantee you. These are corrupt men. That's why they've been covering things up. But all of that's coming to light today. And Fannie Willis's case, again, if that ever saw the light of day, is going to blow up big time. And then, of course, you've got that New York case with uh, the uh, hush money for Stormy, Alvin Bragg, even Democratic loyalists say that case is garbage. So they are going to backfire big time, big time. And you got the two civil cases, the E. Jean Carroll, which is just the most hideous case of all. Whatever, that's money. It's not nothing. And then you got Letitia James before that nasty drug, Judge Erdogan. Uh, even though he's already ruled against Trump, that's going to appeal as soon as it's over. And there's no way that case is not going to stand. And that's a civil case. So that's not criminal. All right. So let me. Uh, all right. Let me let me share a few things with you in these uh, final minutes of. In 2023, uh, on New Year's Eve. First thing, can I give you a public service message, please? Sunday is New Year's Eve. Go to church Sunday, please. Uh, don't forget, if you need a church service, you can always go to the live prayer church. Uh, we put a new service online every Sunday at midnight. It's up 24-7. Any day of the week, any hour of the day, it's there for you. Uh, homepage, scroll to the bottom, all the way to the bottom. There's some links. There's a link for live prayer church, about 30, 40 minute service each week. Check it out. It'll be a blessing. But some ways I'm going to get to church on Sunday. But the good thing is, hopefully do church on Sunday morning. Try to stay off the road after like 3, 4, 5 o'clock. Really? You know, you got a bunch of idiots out there. It's New Year's Eve. You're going to have a bunch of idiots out there. It's a Sunday. It, it just it, it, There's no need to be, if you don't have to be driving, don't drive Sunday at evening, okay, please? There's just no need to be out there and uh, be out with a bunch of people that are probably going to be drunk off their rear ends. Um, let me give you a New Year's resolution. This is one I have been giving every year at Live Prayer uh, to our daily devotional folks. Uh, this will be the 25th year now I've shared this. Less than 10% of the people who, who profess to be Christians, have ever read the Bible cover to cover. I, I hate to say it. I feel bad that 
All these years later, it's still about that same number, but it's still about 10%. But uh, if you're in the 90%, I want to challenge you. Forget, forget losing 10 pounds or whatever. Most of these things that you, you know, these resolutions, they're dead by the 10th of January anyway, okay? And I'm not, I'm not diminishing other things that you may want to do. And by all means, you don't have to, you can have more than one resolution, okay? But make this your main resolution this year. If you've never read the Bible cover to cover, pick it up and read. Now listen, I know it's intimidating, but let me break this down for you. You know, sometimes when we have a lot of content at night, what I tell you? Eat an elephant out one bite at a time. It takes an, a person of average reading skills 90 hours to read the Bible. 90 hours. Okay. Now, if you would take one hour a day and read the Bible, in three months, you would in three months, you would have read it cover to cover. Imagine that. But let's break it down a little bit. Let's say you, you don't you, you just can't commit an hour, half hour a day. Half hour a day. If you spend a half hour every day reading God's word, six months, half a year, and you're done. Or if you really want to do it over here, 15 minutes a day. If you faithfully put in your 15 minutes day after day after day, every day, by the end of this year, you will read a cover to cover. Now, um, don't read it like a book. How do you how, if you buy a book at the uh, at the bookstore? How do you read that book? You start on page one and you read it to the end, right? That's the way you read the Bible. Start at Genesis one one, read it all the way through the end of Revelation. Read it just like you would any other book. And listen, I know some of it's going to be confusing. Everything. Don't get bogged down. You know, just just read, just read. You're intelligent. You know, you may not understand everything, and that's fine. I can't even begin to tell you how many times I've read the Bible cover to cover. I really can't. Every time I read the Bible, I see something new. I learn something new. Something new jumps out. Something I've read fifty times. All of a sudden, I see it in a totally different light. God speaks to you through his living word. And it is a living word. So I give you that challenge tonight. Make that your, if, if you have not done it. And listen, even if you have done it, like I just said, I've read the Bible through hundreds of times. Of course, you know, a lot of that was when I was going through my theological studies over 30 years ago but I still manage to work my way through it over and over and over. And there's always something new. There's always something interesting. God speaks to me in a different way about something I've read a hundred times. So I just want to challenge you. If you never made that commitment, if you've never done that, don't be part of the 10% anymore. Be part of the 90% or don't be part of the 90%, but be part of the 10% that's read the word cover to cover. All right. And then lastly, let me just say this. Again, I am very satisfied of the work we did this year. Uh, it's been a difficult year. The Biden administration has been a nightmare. You know, we're into the second year of that war in Ukraine. We've seen a new war start in the Middle East. The border is an absolute nightmare. 
crime is rampant, the economy is in the toilet. It's been a tough year. It really been, but we've done a lot of good work this year. We put a lot of time and effort laying foundations for next year. As I said earlier, I believe 2024 is going to be the most critical year in the history of this nation since the Civil War. And uh, it will be a year uh, that is going to determine whether we still have a nation that we recognize or whether God's going to give us over to our enemies for a couple of generations or so. But the good news is we, his people, have the ability to move the hand of God this year. And that's why we got to be busy. We got to know what's going on. We got to encourage people and we got to keep praying as we lead people to Christ and pray for that uh, revival, that revival that will truly give God the, 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 the desire to see this country, this great country, rise once again. Amen? All right. Before we get out of here tonight, for this year, all I can say is if you've never made this commitment, I couldn't, I couldn't set up, give you a better setup. If you want to make Jesus your Savior tonight, if you've never done that, or you doubt or wonder if you're really saved, don't doubt or wonder anymore. Pray with me now and you'll never wonder again. Pray. Father, I come to you tonight confessing my sins and asking your forgiveness. I believe in my heart tonight. Confess with my mouth tonight. Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior. And from this night forward, my life is yours. I surrender to you tonight. Use me for your glory. In Jesus' name I pray. My friend, if you pray in a minute, the Bible says you're saved, not because of a few words, because of your faith in God's grace. I have a book I'll send you. Won't cost you anything. Drop me an email, bkellerliveprayer.com. I'll get it out to you if you need prayer for anything. Don't hesitate to email me, bcalorlivepair.com. All right, love and care about you so much. Have a great night tonight. Enjoy your next few days. Have a nice Christmas or New Year's Eve. Enjoy New Year's Day. If you're a football fan, you will be in uh, football heaven these next few days, right? Hope your team wins, unless it's Missouri. Uh, <laughs> but uh, get to church on Sunday and uh, get some rest, eat some good food, relax. Get prepared. Tuesday night, we get it rolling again. This time, it's uh, the pitches are going to be live, right? So God bless you. Have a beautiful new year. I'm praying for you and your family. God's health, uh, blessings, favor in all you do. And Lord willing, we'll see you back here to start 2024, Tuesday night, 11 o'clock. What problem?